Hi, and welcome to the Projected Opinions Podcast, the best movie podcast in under 20 minutes. My name is Matt Noble. And I am Nathan Payne. And today we're going to be talking to you, well, reviewing really, the surprise Netflix drop of Cloverfield Potential. I mean, Paradox. Cloverfield, Cloverfield Paradox. That's what we're reviewing today. This movie had lots of potential, and we're really excited about it. Uh, and it was a surprise. So if, if you know anything about the story of this film... Uh, it is a sequel, if you will, in the anthology series of Cloverfield, which began with Matt Reeves' film about a decade back now, uh, produced by J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot Productions. And it was that Steadicam film of a disaster happening in New York City that a lot of people didn't like and thought they were going to throw up on because it was so Didn't jiggly. it basically start the found footage, kind of? I don't know if it started, but it was definitely instrumental in that. Uh, and then... It was uh, sequeled by 10 Cloverfield Lane, uh, which starred John Goodman and some other really great cast members. And now we have this third installment, and uh, which features all the great actors in what you hoped could be a good sci-fi movie. <laughs> We're tilting our hand a little bit. We're tilting our hand. Uh, so Netflix dropped this right at the end of the Super Bowl this week, um, and fans and critics alike rushed to Netflix as soon as the game ended to watch and then... Uh, go to the internet to trash and praise and review and complain and all, all the other things that people do on the internet. So let's get right into it. Nathan, your one minute reaction. My one minute reaction was I'm happy that somebody can still surprise me with movies. Um, I saw the 15 second or 30 second spot and it said coming very soon. And I was like, well, that's cool. Uh, I wasn't really expecting any sort of Cloverfield or more Cloverfield and somebody walked up to me and said there's a theory dude that they're gonna drop this after the game and a couple minutes later I got a notification from Netflix and I'm like holy crap we've <laughs> just got a surprise feature film from Bad Robot and that part of me was really happy and there's there's some part of me that's that likes weird and unusual and strange things that's still kind of happy about this um but I'll get into more of, of complete thoughts sure, later. Sure. Uh, so my initial reaction uh, was, one, I'm a fan of the Cloverfield world and Bad Robot Productions. And I love surprises. When uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane uh, was given a trailer only two months before mm -hmm. its release, uh, that was a big deal back then. And I was really excited about it and loved 10 Cloverfield Lane. So I was really excited about this. And when... I actually knew that it was going to come out. I've been watching all of the post-production troubles that they've been having and reshoots and things like that. And uh, the uh, release date has been bumped back month after month after month uh, and was supposed to be in April until Netflix got distribution rights uh, secretly, apparently. And yeah, apparently uh, Paramount didn't want to risk it in theaters. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. I, I liked... Uh, I like this film. I'm a, I'm a sucker for cheap sci-fi. Uh, I loved the sci-fi channel growing up, and I, I grew up as a kid on the original series of Star Trek. And so, like, yeah, campy goes with sci-fi. Um, it doesn't have to, but it does, and it does it well. Uh, and this movie was really close to perfectly being a balance of the absurd with uh, fun, futuristic storytelling and uh, somehow didn't land either of those, in my opinion. So we'll get to that in more depth here. Yeah, I mean, I as I was watching it, 
I actually really enjoyed it while I was there. Mm-hmm. The, the <laughs> problem with this movie is the same problem that, uh, spoilers, I guess, I had for The Last Jedi. The longer I thought about it, that's when I started disliking it. Hmm. It's at, like the moment it ended, I was like, oh, dang, I want to see the next one. And then the next morning, I was like, you know what? I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah, when I was in bed uh, after just finishing, because I I stayed up and watched it and then wrote a review and then went to bed at like 1 o'clock in the morning. And as I was laying there trying to fall asleep, I kept thinking, that didn't really have a purpose. And that was kind of dumb and this character wasn't fully developed and I started thinking about it. I'm like no nah, I gotta shut this down in my brain because I'll just be here all night uh, so let's let's get into it. what a, let's be specific about the style of filmmaking the acting the story what were the things that stood out to you as uh, things that you let's start positive things that you loved not a lot of people are gonna like me for this but the cinematographer his name is Daniel Mindell or Dan Mindell and he's done a lot of work that a lot of people have seen. He did the two, the first two Star Treks that J.J. Abrams did. Um, he did The Force Awakens. Um, and a lot of people have problems with him because together he and J.J. Abrams came up with this lens flare fiasco. Even J.J. Abrams has recanted his belief in that many lens flares. But there's a part of me that's okay with it. Be- <laughs> because... They decided they wanted a visual style, and they stuck with it. And he he was brought on by J.J. Um, for Cloverfield Paradox. Um, and it's a brand-new director, and he brought on his, his veteran crew uh, to help this guy out. Um, and I really enjoyed the kind of the, the cinematic sci-fi that they have. There's a lot of red blinking lights and, you know, cool background stuff. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed what it looked like. I, I think that it hit the, the, the requisite sci-fi door locks and um, hallways and all of that cool. Like, I loved the projection, pr- production design of this mm. movie. The space station looked it was really cool. Yeah. And I was totally invested because I'm, I'm a kind of person, since this is the visual parts of film are what I do, I can sit back and kind of turn a story off if I have to. And I can just enjoy what it looks like and the amount of work that I know went into it. Um, Did you freak out at the projected window in space as they pan, like zoomed out, and there's this rotating space station and just this like person silhouetted against this thing right in the beginning? Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. This is awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I I had fun while I was there. The long you thought about, it, yeah, and I I got to the I kind of arrived at the same conclusion you did um, about not really having a purpose. Um, yeah, and but but we'll while get we're there on the later. positive things, yeah, like. yeah. I thought that for a first time director that this was not actually that bad as far as getting performances out of his actors. Like he he got decent performances considering that they they didn't have anything beyond the script they were handed. There are a lot of critics that would disagree with that, but we can get to that in the secondary. I mean, this is yeah, exactly. This is this is what for you were me, thinking, yeah. While I was watching it, the performances did not take me out of the st- of what story there was, mm-hmm. and I was more focused on, ooh, what's going on? How are they going to solve this problem than worrying about that? It when Bad actors are there for me. I find myself 
looking at them and going, well, I would have done this or I would have done that. And I really didn't have any of those moments where I was like, I could have done better than this. Um, And, you know, I don't know that this director's history. So, I mean, as far as I know, he's a fairly new he is. to the to the to the ball game so you know yeah i i will say that the actors did a lot of work with probably what was a very uh shorthanded script in in many ways um so this script was adapted from something that was completely unrelated to cloverfield uh bad robot brought it in kind of made some adjustments and then like pushed it into the cloverfield universe if you will and uh, so in a lot of ways it felt disjointed and I think the actors did uh, quite a bit with very little or things that just didn't make a lot of sense. Some, one of the things that I really loved though uh, is some of the, just the stereotypes, the, the tropes that are like cheesy sci-fi things. Uh, I loved the slow amping up of body horror uh, as... <laughs> As things, spoiler alert, as things got more and more grotesque after the paradox, mm-hmm. um, the the worms was like a straight out of like Aliens reference, uh, where the guy's like body explodes from. I, I enjoyed that probably more than I should have. <laughs> I, I was like, I know it's going to happen, I know it's going to happen. And then it happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, whoa, that's disgusting. Uh, the arm thing, which has no purpose. That was hilarious, in my opinion. I thought it was really funny so, to see this Irish dude just like yakking about his arm. <laughs> so at first, I was like, when it's in the, the wall and it's like morphing around, freaked me out. <laughs> so I'm in the, my living room at night, like by myself. The lights are turned off, and I've got my like headphones on and so all i can hear and all i can see is this thing happening in front of me i'm like oh my gosh that's like the worst case scenario i don't want to touch any more walls and then it just got more and more comedic and i was like i don't know what's happening here but i think i really like it um and then one of the last ones uh that was really really freaky is the uh metallic uh uh um caulk that he uses yeah uh coming to life yeah, that kind of bothered me. Like the whole physics of that was just yeah. a bit odd. Like, okay. Yeah, I, there was a lot but of things like, that you have didn't to have make... a weird sci-fi technology that doesn't make sense. It's part of the yeah. It's and part so of the I, thing. What uh, I mean, the the tech didn't really bother me on how it worked, but like the freakiness of the things coming to life or being animated when they ought not be uh, was like. It had made no sense, but it's I like really like your toaster it. becoming a bad guy all yeah. of a sudden. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what is this? <laughs> yeah, it's like the toaster going out and being like, no, no, no. I'm going to let you keep you in your bathtub one of these days. And you're like, holy <laughs> cow, why? Uh, so those are things that I enjoyed. Uh, I, I like the look of the film as well. Uh, I liked... That opening montage you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, so the... The montage of time passing on the space station at the beginning, I think, is really fun. It, it takes all the mundane things that they do and puts them into a compressed version that is su- supremely watchable, I thought. I'm like, you suddenly know, hey, time has gone by. These people know each other presumably fairly well. They've been doing all these things, and they're like working really hard to get this alternative energy source working in space. Boom. Now you're caught up yeah i mean it was one of the more efficient sources of visual exposition that i've seen actually in you know the past year or so so i would agree with you there on that one so now let's dig into so 
we haven't talked about anything that we liked with regards to story, probably for a good reason. Uh, acting, we liked a little bit of that. Cinematography, uh, some of the the fun sci-fi stuff. Let's jump now into things that we hated or shall we call this less. constructive criticism? <laughs> <laughs> if you want, if you want, uh, uh, the potential of this movie I thought was really high. Uh, and they missed on a, a lot of different points. Uh, one of which was having a cohesive storyline that made sense. Um, so I was on board with most things. The first 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I was like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I can see like the connections. Uh, and then suddenly, after the paradox, everything just went to crap. Like There was no cohesion, no direction no like impact of any of the things nothing was explained so yeah like the guy loses his arm it comes back in the hallway and like, it has knowledge later. and it has knowledge <laughs> is it someone else's arm is it his arm like how what what is happening and and no one seems to care <laughs> like there's, like, yeah, there's no explanation eh, it's fine that it's was one of the paradox. things that bothered me is like each of each of these things individually is cool but when you put it into this particular story it they don't matter even like so the worms bust out of this guy and we don't know where they came from or what they're well, doing. They came there. from the little box of worms that they had, like the little uh, worm farm. He's like, Harry, where are the worms? I don't remember this at all. Oh, Maybe yeah, yeah. I missed it. Yeah. Okay. So, it, so that's explained. Apparently that's explained. We know where they came from. The guy's arm did bother me, though, specifically because not only does he then say, well, it looks like you were born this way. Why it you does can not. It, it, it doesn't look like that. You can see the bone. <laughs> okay? People, don't, people aren't born like that. And the other thing is that um, it's never explained as far as how things feed into the paradox. Right. As far as our... So, a bit of backstory as far as like outside of just this film. There's now a multiverse in Cloverfield because of the events of this movie. Mm-hmm. Some would see this as a lazy way to just be able to tell whatever story in whatever universe they want and basically, to not connect it. They basically did the same thing in the new Star Wars. Uh, sorry, excuse me. Star, Star Trek. Trek uh, when the wormhole was open with Old Spot coming, and then suddenly. But the they way they did it in Star timeline. Trek, there's very clearly two plot lines. There's the old school one, mm-hmm. and there's the new school one, and then after that, you're okay. True. And in this one, what happens is apparently different events from different universes get pulled into the ship. So there's there's. Uh, people's backstory starts to change. So you discover communications mm-hmm. that from a different uh, uh, Schmidt, who is a spy. And now his communications, even though Schmidt, Schmidt's character hasn't changed, now his alter universe uh, documents are now on the ship. Uh, Chris O'Dowd, uh, or I forget his, his name. Character, yeah. His character loses his arm. Uh, the arm has knowledge. Apparently is... Connected to another universe or something beyond the wall, his arm comes back, You're right? Disconnected, right. and it has a sentience to it, which is writes down the message new, for them, <laughs> and it writes them, but it's not writing at any point until they put it in a box, which doesn't also make any sense. Like it's well, it's, it's, it's crawling around, and then it doesn't decide decide to start writing until they trap it. That doesn't like if if I was going to write, I'd get to any flat place and then start writing. Also, how does he know what's in the stomach? Like, what? Uh, I'm I'm so confused because I was getting I was getting there and I was like, okay, there's all these cool disconnected things. This is a mystery. I don't know what's going on. 
I'm happy they get to tell me what right. happened instead of me guessing. The mystery box is only fun if it remain if it has some type of rule. But you don't even know what the rules are in the beginning. Uh, or at the end. Or at the end. <laughs> and, and, and nothing matters. Like, almost, they completely deflate the meaning of all the crazy things that's happening because it's like, oh, well, I guess in this universe anything's possible. It doesn't really matter. Exactly. Uh, there's no there's no lasting effect of most of what happens on the space station. Yeah, they undo half they, the stuff. But they, they undo it, and only the only the side effect is that they're monsters now, which is also not really explained um, in any sense of... This is the main irk that right. I have. When you watch the trailer, uh-huh. it says, basically, the the catch is we're going to explain to you how the monsters came to be. And they don't. They just say that time travel, timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly, boom. Monsters. But that's not, in fact, an explanation because now the monsters still had to come from somewhere just farther back in the timeline. Like, or, they, they or still another began. Al- alternate dimension, which and is totally fine, except... I don't know that. <laughs> you didn't like, tell me that in the movie. It, all this stuff was happening in the ship. And then, like, suddenly, no, now it can happen on Earth. Basically, all of time, space is no just, longer has any rules, It's up period. for grabs, man. Yeah. So that was a little frustrating. I, one, we need to talk about one more thing uh, that I think is a lasting of lasting importance. And that is, will the way movies are released change because of this movie? Yes, I think so. For better or for worse. Undetermined. I think Netflix has previously in the past, they've been releasing their own films. Um, Clearly, they're making some sort of money. They keep doing it. So somehow they're profitable, Um, at least in Netflix's opinion. If they have so much content that only you can find on Netflix, then in theory that should be growing their subscriber base, which I guess is the point here Mm -hmm. because they're not making money directly off of ads or ticket sales. So clearly these are just gimmicks to raise subscribers because that's the that's the way they have and to retain work. and retain subscribers. Right. Um, and I think it's I think it is an odd move and I think it's certainly a new precedent that's been set by Paramount here that oh no, we don't have the money or we don't want to front the money to put a film that we don't necessarily know if we can gamble on into physical theaters. Mm-hmm. And now now, because of Netflix and Amazon and things like that, they Their have an escape. Plans. Yep. They have an escape. And I think that you're going to start to see a lot more studio-made mm-hmm. B-movies hit Netflix and Amazon and things like that and just yeah. skip the theater. Once the accountants realize, oh, we can't make it into the black, these movies will be bought off by Netflix and Amazon and any other streaming service. Disney's going to have one next year. Uh, and those movies will not have millions of dollars spent on marketing campaigns because really look so there were only two ads that was the entirety of the marketing campaign for this film you don't need a marketing campaign because all you have to do is push out one notification to all your subscribers and millions of people know everything and you can hype it on the largest sporting event in history and honestly that was probably the smartest thing they could have done with this i i think that that if this had gone to theaters it would have been I think that people would have trashed it even more because they would have felt cheated out of more than just, you know, an hour mm. and a half on the couch. Yeah, which uh, even though is the Rotten Tomato score right now has 
what is it like 15 percent or something it's it's, it's ridiculously low um that being said i i would bet at some point in the future netflix releases the statistics on how many people watch this and how quickly i would hope so i'm generally generally interested to, yeah. to just know yeah i i would bet it did not quite as good as bright did because they mm. have been advertising bright for a long time but i bet it did well and i i bet it as far as like how many people watched it in that 24-hour time period or three th- three-day time period would have been infinitely better than how many people would have gone to theaters to see it absolutely i agree i bet it's almost double the numbers of what it would have happened yeah in theaters i i can imagine because the convenience of just being able to like watch the trailer and then see it anytime you want in your home just beats out having to go to a theater for something that you're not quite sure about right and there's no extra cost uh except for a subscription which most people have at this point and if not i bet a lot of people went out and got one because why not they've been meaning to get one anyhow and now suddenly there's been several movies that have been released that people are talking about and hey it's the super bowl like i need to go see this everyone else is and as far as bad robot is concerned they don't need to hang their entire strategy on this movie because Overlord is coming out October 26th. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the fourth installment. Rumored to be the fourth installment. Um, Another new director. And I think that they are looking at the long run in terms of the mystery box Mm -hmm. that they're very famous for. And I think that they're okay with people not being okay with this. Yeah. Because it... Bad press is good press. They have press. press. People are talking about it. They are. People are interested and people are confused. And a ton of people watched it. A ton of people watched it, and that's right where Bad Robot wants people to be. Yeah. So. All right. So in conclusion, uh, this movie probably not the best, uh, but it was somewhat entertaining, especially if it was late at night. Uh, maybe you had uh, a couple beers. Maybe you are just really, really tired. Uh, as long, maybe you're just with a uh, with a lot bunch of friends, and as long as you are willing to have a lot of fun and kind of let go of your thinking caps for a little bit. This is your movie. Indeed. So after you've watched Bright for the sixth time and you don't know what else to do on Netflix, um, <laughs> you can pull up the Cloverfield Paradox and, and have a cool hour and 40 minutes. If you don't have <laughs> cable television and don't get the sci-fi channel, finally, the things that are available there are available to you here on Netflix. Boy, have we a surprise for you. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Projected Opinions podcast. Uh, join us again next time for... Uh, what we'll be reviewing? Arrival, probably. So, Most likely. So we'll be excited about that. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes. Subscribe and uh, keep listening. Thanks, friends. <laughs>